And this morning's scripture comes from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And it says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord. may be seated. Thanks, Rob. Don't we have an amazing high school team? Wait, we can get louder than that for them. Come on. They, uh, They took over the ministry in the middle of the pandemic, and which is not an easy time to take over anything. And, uh, and they're just crushing it. And we're really grateful for Rob and Aubrey. And we, we like to call them Robbery. <laughs> just condense it. Um, but, uh, but they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Willie. I am the next-gen pastor. I was the high school pastor, and I gladly handed that over to them. I'm getting older and have less energy. We need some young blood in there. But, uh, um, but I'm the next gen pastor, so I oversee college, young adults, young couples, young families, and then I lead worship sometimes. And it is like such a privilege to be a part of this family and uh, um, to be with you this morning. We, um, how many of you guys uh, like to do stuff with families or other families for Memorial Day? We just had Memorial Day last week. So most of us get together with neighbors and and whatnot. Well, this last uh, week on Monday, our family got together with some friends uh, that just bought a house in Fallbrook. Um, we, we have these great friends. The husband has been in youth ministry. Um, our wives are good friends. They ha- we had kids at the same time. And, uh, um, and they just bought this house in Fallbrook. So we said, oh, let's go out and, and hang out with them. They have a little newborn baby. Got to hold a baby. You know that? I'm like, I'm not having any more babies. But, but that moment where you get to hold a newborn and there's that smell, that baby smell. Oh, it's so awesome. My, my son's coming up. He's kissing the baby's head. It was great. And, uh, um, but we spent time at their new house. And at their new house, it was a beautiful property. They had like this amazing tree house um, in their backyard that had this huge slide coming off the tree house. In the tree house, they had a Nintendo set up in there. I'm like, this is awesome. I wish I had a tree house like that when I was a kid. But, um, but they also had this, this really cool water feature in their backyard. It was a waterfall fountain, and we've got a, a picture of this. And uh, this, this, it was awesome. It's huge. Um, but, but the waterfall fountain, it, it wasn't working properly. Um, what, what is the main ingredient that you need to make a waterfall work? What, what is it? Water. Yes, you need water. And as you can see from this picture, the fountain had none. And uh, so, and so it, it had actually been disconnected from the water source. And so the kids, they, they grab the hose and they pull a hose over to the fountain and they connect it to the water source. Um, excuse me, they connect it to the fountain and then they began to fill up the reservoir. There's a reservoir kind of underneath the rocks at the top. And then as the reservoir filled up, 
it began to overflow, and the fountain came back to life. Um, and it was like the, it was the centerpiece of the, the event on Monday. My kids were playing in it. I mean, that fountain was huge. The kids, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't come in swimsuits, but they definitely were swimming in the fountain. It was amazing. They were playing in it. They were building dams. It was, it was so much fun. And in the same way, just, just like the fountain, you and I, we can feel like that. Um, where there are times in our lives where we can feel disconnected from the source of life. There are times where we can feel disconnected from power, the power of God. There are times where we can feel emptied out with nothing to give. And so as we walk through Paul's final instructions to the Colossians today, um, we will gain an understanding of what it looks like to get connected to the source of power and life and filled up in order to live out of the overflow and impact the world that we live in. All right, so we're, I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we're going to jump into it. So Jesus, thank you so much um, for this morning. Thank you for being present in our midst. God, we thank you um, for the fact that you are alive. We thank you, God, for the fact that you desire to speak to us. And we ask that this morning um, that you would speak directly to our hearts, um, that you would do a work in us that would be transformative um, so that this world would be impacted um, with your love and for your namesake. We love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So over the course of this letter, <clears throat> Ryan and Mark and, and uh, Nick and others um, have done an amazing job um, walking us through the journey that, that, that Paul took the believers in Colossae on. Um, we started looking, uh, or started out by affirming um, their faith-filled community. We talked about community. Um, then Paul reminded them of the supremacy of Christ, how awesome Jesus is and how everything was made by him and, and for his glory. And then next, uh, Paul walked them through what it looked like to experience life when you were fully surrendered to Christ. Um, we talked in Colossians 3 about um, being raised with Christ, the title of our series. Um, uh, uh, we died with Christ and we were raised with him. And, and Paul, this week, as he closes out the letters, Paul focuses, his focus shifts from inward transformation. The, the beginning of the book, he was talking about inward transformation, really what takes place in us. And this last section, he, he shifts from inward transformation to outward proclamation as he closes out this letter. And the first thing that he says um, in, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, um, Paul says this. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So what does it mean to be devoted to prayer? Um, my wife was here last service. She was sitting right here. You guys are placeholders for Jane. Um, but my wife was here last service, and my wife's name is Jane. If you have not met Jane, she is a phenomenal woman. Um, she is just crushing it for, for Jesus. She's um, working with refugees in San Diego County. She's amazing. I, I can't say enough wonderful things about my wife. Um, she's an amazing mother. She's just awesome. You guys, I kind of like her a little bit, okay? Um, I, and, and I'm totally devoted to her. You know, when, 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 when I think about my wife, I am totally devoted to her. I love her like a crazy fool. And, but, but, you know, when, when we're, we're going throughout our day, do we talk all day? No, we don't talk all day. I, I work here. She works for World Relief. We're, we're in, in our jobs. We're working all day. 
Um, do we text all day? Yeah, we text a lot, truth. Um, but, but no, we don't text all day. Uh, are we around each other all day? No. Um, but I'm constantly thinking about her. She's constantly on my mind. I'm constantly thinking about um, what we're going to do over the weekend, what we're going to eat, um, what date night's going to look like. I'm constantly thinking about her. And when we think about the idea of, of being devoted to God in prayer, um, it, it's, it's that idea that, that we're keeping God at the forefront of our hearts and minds. If we're devoted to him in prayer, we are, we're constantly thinking about him. Are, 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 are we constantly talking? No, not necessarily. But we're, we, we've got God on our mind at all times. We're constantly fixing our hearts and our minds on him. We're keeping God at the forefront of our minds. When we're devoted to God in prayer, it reminds us of the fact that we need God's help. When we spend time in prayer, it, it, we, we, we realize, I can't do this on my own. I need God's help. It reminds us that we can't walk out this life with Jesus in our own strength. We need him. In Ephesians 3, 14 through 17, Paul says this. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And catch this. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When we are devoted to God in prayer, Christ dwells in us. It's that connection to God. You see, prayer connects us intimately to Jesus, our source and strength, our ultimate source of power and life. And when we're connected to the source, when we're connected to Jesus, we get filled up. And I, I like to think of a prayer as, as this. Um, I like to think of prayer as the word pray. This is kind of an easy way to remember it. Um, that prayer is, is power released around and through you. So when we pray, we are communicating with an all-powerful God, and the one who holds this world and our lives in the palm of his hand. When we pray, that powerful God is with us. We're reminded of his nearness with us. And his power, the power of God, it's far beyond our comprehension. But yet God chooses to fill us with it, and he releases his power through us, which is really mind-boggling, because I know me, and I am just me, <laughs> you know? But God chooses when we commune with him, when we, when we are devoted to him, when we spend time with him, um, God literally fills us with his power and he releases it through us. Paul also, he encouraged them to be watchful or alert. And when you think about being watchful or alert in prayer, this is what some would call intercession. Most of us, not all of us, but a lot of us have heard this term intercession. And it's really diving in and pressing into the heart of God for something. And being watchful in the original language, it literally means wakeful. Wake up! You awake? We good? Being watchful, right, is to wake up in prayer. Yeah, that's right. So, so in, in other words, we, we need to literally and figuratively stay awake in prayer. So, so quick question for you. How many of you have ever fallen asleep while praying? 
Be real. If every hand doesn't go up in here, somebody's not telling the truth. I mean, then we got something else to deal with, okay? I think we've all fallen asleep in prayer, okay? We've all fallen asleep while praying. It's, it, there, there are times, my wife, she, if, if you ask her, she'll testify. There's times where, where I will, will be praying, and we're having this great time with the Lord, and the next thing she knows, I've stopped talking, and, and she'll, she'll tap me and she'll go, did you just fall asleep? And I'm like, no, 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 of course not, of course not, no. And then there's sometimes where she's praying, and then, and then she says amen, and she doesn't hear any movement, but she hears heavy breathing. And she's like, did you just, did you just fall asleep? And I'm like, no, no, of course not. And she's like, What'd you, what, what did I just say? What did I just pray? And I'm like, all right, I fell asleep. There, there have been times where I've literally, literally been praying and fallen asleep mid-sentence. So, so I, while, years ago, I worked at this Young Life camp, and uh, um, I was a, uh, on work crew at this Young Life camp, and um, high school kids, um, for a month out of the summer, um, get the opportunity to go and serve at camps all over the, the country. So I was serving at this camp up in Canada, and I was just exhausted. I mean exhausted. And during our devotional time, I was sitting up on this rock, and I totally fell asleep. And I come, I come back, and I talk to my work crew boss. I'm like, man, I just, I totally fell asleep while I was praying. And he goes, the best place to fall asleep is in the arms of Jesus. And I was like, all right, all right, that's good, that's good, right? <laughs> and so, so the truth is, we've all at some point in time or another, we've all fallen asleep or have struggled to stay fervent in prayer, right? Like, I, I think we can all relate to that. Um, um, but, but Paul, he really, in this, in this uh, passage, he's really stressing the importance of prayer. And he, he was kind of like, don't be like the disciples who fell asleep um, uh, uh, while Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Paul's like, keep your head in the game with me. Join me as, as we partner with God in transforming this world. You know, Paul's like, let's stay awake. Stay mindful. We got to wake up. We got to stay in the game. And then Paul, then he says, he, he tells them to be thankful. And when you think about the word thankful, the word gratitude comes to mind. And gratitude, it helps keep us focused on the source, right? When we, when we are grateful, we, we are focused on Jesus, the one who is the giver of life on all of the great things that Jesus has done. When we're grateful, it puts Jesus at the center, at the forefront of our thoughts and our heart so that we can remain completely and intimately connected to him. If, if, if you are, are someone who struggles to experience joy or experience connection with God, I'd really encourage you to start practicing gratitude, to literally start, wake up, in the start of the day or at the end of your day and just make a list of the things that you're grateful for. Gratitude will, will remind you of, of how near God has been to you throughout your day. It will remind you of the power of God at work in and through and around you. It will remind you of the fact that God's with you. Gratitude helps you stay connected to the source. Last Monday, as the kids were filling up the reservoir for the waterfall fountain, they made an interesting discovery. So the fountain, at the very top of the fountain, there, there was this kind of big basin that all the water went into and then was supposed to overflow. 
But as they were filling up the, the basin, uh, or filling up the reservoir, one of the kids shouts out, there's a rat! And I was like, a what? And they were like, there's a rat! And I was like, oh, there's a rat in the fountain. And they were like, it's dead! There's a dead rat in the fountain! And uh, so somehow this rat had made its way into the reservoir when it was empty, and it couldn't get out. And so, and so when they filled up the water, I, I'm, I'm not sure if the rat died before or if he drowned from the kids. There was no animal cruelty in the filling of the fountain. Um, but uh, but, but I, I, I fished the, the little guy out. He was, he was dead. Moment of silence for little ratigans. Um, but I fished him out, got rid of him. But there are times um, when we might feel empty, when our reservoir might feel empty. Um, there are times um, when, when we are empty that we allow things other than the life, love, and power of Jesus to take up residence in our lives. There are times when, when we're empty that, that we allow, our, allow things to enter into our lives that, that actually distract us or disconnect us from the source. There are times that, that, that things enter into our lives um, that aren't healthy for us, that don't lead us to life. Um, some of those things can be sin, right? Um, things that we struggle with. Um, other things that, that enter into our lives, um, it could be busyness, right? Busyness is an issue for a lot of us. Um, I know for me, oftentimes I feel like I just get so busy that the things that, that God really wants me to do, they, they don't take precedence oftentimes, there are all kinds of things that kind of creep their way into our, our fountain, right? Our reservoir um, that just aren't meant to be there. In our, our, our world, right? There's all kinds of things that, that are going on around us. The thing that I'd like for us to do right now, um, I, I believe Jesus wants to empty us before he can fill us with his life. He wants to, to get rid of any of the things that are in the reservoir of our lives um, that would interfere with us really experiencing his love, his life, and his power. And so I'd love to just give you guys a moment, um, just take a moment to think about the things that we've allowed into our lives that have actually left us feeling empty, um, that, that, that need to just get out, right? Um, so we're just going to take a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a timer, and we're going to take a minute, and we are going to um, just give to God whatever it is um, that is in our lives, that we've allowed into our lives, that needs to get out, okay? So just take a minute right now. We'll just be in silence for a minute. In Ephesians 3, um, 17 through 19, um, it says this, Paul says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul didn't pray um, that you would be rooted and established in sin or condemnation. It's not what he prayed that you'd be filled with. He, he, he prayed that they would fully know God's love. 
that they be filled to the measure of fullness of God. And Jesus today, he wants to fill you with his love. Not just for you, but literally to impact the lives of others. In Acts 1.8, Jesus, right before um, this, this verse, had said, just wait, the Holy Spirit, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And he says in 1.8, um, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so when we get connected to the source, when we get connected to Jesus, the the giver of life and love and power, we next get filled with the Spirit, not filled with the things of this world, but filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit, we're not just filled for us. As Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, but he didn't say you'll receive power just so you can like, yes, I'm so strong, all right, I'm, I'm Arnold, right? I'm, he, he didn't come to, that wasn't, it wasn't just for himself. He said, he said that you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. So the power was for a purpose. The power was for a purpose. And so as, as, as you're connected to the source and then filled up, then you experience life in the overflow. So once the rat was fished out, and we, yep, I said it. <laughs> Once the rat was fished out, we continued to fill the reservoir and it began to overflow and actually function the way that it was supposed to function. And there was a continual flow of water and the fountain literally came to life. It was awesome. Such a wonderful, you know, the fountains are, are wonderful. And when we get connected to Jesus, the source, and filled up with the Holy Spirit, God's life, love, and power overflows out of us naturally. And this living out of the overflow, or this is living out of the overflow. And when it happens, transformation occurs and lives around us are changed. In Colossians um, 4.3, we'll pick up there. It says, Paul says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul was writing this letter. He, he, he wasn't writing this letter from his couch, you know, flipping through the channels, or excuse me, you know, his, his little lounge thing, you know, eating some grapes. Um, but Paul was writing this letter from prison. He could have asked them, hey, pray that I get broken out of prison. Pray that, that, that I don't have to be behind chains. Pray that maybe the guards will give me a better meal today. Um, he wasn't praying for his own comfort, right? Paul was writing this letter from prison, and, and he asked them for open doors. He said, pray that, that I'll have open doors to be able to talk about, he says, that I'll be able to proclaim the mystery of Christ, his, his death. His resurrection, the blood shed on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. I want to talk about this mystery of Christ. He, he didn't, he didn't it, it wasn't about himself. He was praying so that he could proclaim, so that others could experience life. Paul was connected to the source. He was filled with the Spirit, and he was living out of the overflow. And the overflow 
wasn't comfortable for Paul. It was actually pretty uncomfortable. But in him living out of the overflow, he was caring about others first. And Paul didn't just tell them to talk about Jesus, but he also said to live a life that reflected Jesus as well. He says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. So be wise in the way that you act. Now this, we can talk a good talk, right? Let's be real, right? We can talk a good talk. But the way that we act is a different story. I, 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 I don't want to beat a dead horse, but man, the last couple years, it's been, we've talked. There's been a lot of talking, right? Right? And in the midst of all the talking, there's been a lot of canceling too, right? Who's been canceled? I've been canceled. We've all, I, 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 yeah. And so, so in the midst of that, Paul was like, yeah, you can talk a good talk, but be wise in the way that you act. Um, I serve on the HOA in, in our community um, in Carlsbad. And uh, um, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there are times where, where things come up that quite honestly, you know, are the textbook definition of first world problems. Okay. Um, there are arguments that, that ensue. There are things that take place that I, I'm just like, come on, you know? But the way that I, I've had moments where I'm like, I want to say this, that, or the other. I've had moments where I've wanted to speak out things that would not be filled with the love of Jesus. I, there are moments where I want to say things that would not be living out of the overflow and maybe living out of the underflow, I don't know, or the uppercut, I don't know. But... But there are times where I feel like saying certain things that just would not be life-giving and, and would actually crush my witness to my neighbors. There, there are things that, that it is so, Paul is so spot on. It is so important that we be wise in the way that we act towards outsiders. You and I may be the only Jesus that someone sees. You and I may be the only word of love and life that someone hears. The way that we interact with people actually matters. And when you're living connected to the source and filled with the Spirit, that life of overflow overflows the life of Jesus into the lives of people who may not ever have any other encounter with Jesus except for you and me. Paul was really specific about this. And I love that this whole section of Scripture, Paul is asking people to pray. He's, he's gathering people. He's, he's, can you guys all pray for me and pray for us? Can, can, you, can you pray for us? He knew that he couldn't do it in his own strength. He knew that he couldn't do it alone. Paul was connected to the source. He was filled with the Spirit, and he lived out of the overflow. So, so when the Holy Spirit fills us up, we can't help but overflow with the love of Jesus. When that happens, we will treat people differently. We will no longer have an us versus them sentiment when it comes to people that look, think, or act differently than us. When we live out of the overflow, we see people through the eyes of Jesus because we are connected to him. When we live out of the overflow, we will recognize that every human being that walks on the face of this earth is an image bearer of Christ and worthy of his love. 
not just for those of us that made it into the building, okay? When we live out of the overflow, we will serve others instead of expecting to be served. When we live out of the overflow, we will more than likely be taken out of our comfort zones and get a little messy. And that's the hard one for us, right? I know for me, I like to be comfortable. My wife is like, if, if a pool is not like 85 degrees, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I want a pool to feel like a hot tub, a big, just a big hot tub. The ocean too. I'm like, can someone heat, turn the heat up on that ocean? There, I don't love being uncomfortable. And, and spiritually, there are times where God might be, you know, there's been times in my life where God's called me to do something that was uncomfortable, and I just didn't want to do it because it was uncomfortable, and it would have made things messy. When you live out of the overflow, God may call you to do something that will make you get messy and may be uncomfortable, but it's worth it. And similar to Paul, um, there's a man that I admired most in my life, and this is my dad. And uh, my dad battled cancer for three years before he died. And throughout that battle, um, I witnessed a man that was connected to the source, was filled with the Spirit, and lived out of the overflow. My dad, um, in the midst of his battle with cancer, he, he never complained. And, I mean, his, his battle was not an easy one. In the, midst, in, in the three years that he battled, he had a brain tumor, he had a tumor on his kidney, he had a stroke. I mean, just you name it. Like, it was, a, it was a really tough battle. But he never complained. He complained one week. There's one week he complained because he had the hiccups for a week straight. And I, I, I would be complaining too. I was like, okay, you get a pass on that one, right? Um, but he never complained. And when I would ask him, like, Dad, um, why, like, you never complain. Why do you never, I mean, you could complain. You have every reason to complain. And he, he would say this. I'm willing to go through whatever I need to go through in order to, to give glory to God. And he was living out of the overflow. It didn't matter his circumstances. It didn't matter what he was walking through. That, that his life was, was to bring glory to God. He knew that. And, and at his funeral, there were over a thousand people um, who attended his funeral, and they heard about Jesus through countless stories of a man that lived out of the overflow. I mean, countless stories of people sharing about how they saw Jesus through my dad. So when we live out of the overflow, we will experience life to the full, and Jesus will be glorified. Amen? Y'all, right now, we're going to call the band out, and, and we're going to enter into a time of communion. And as we, um, the band is going to lead us into a song, and as they uh, go through this first part of the song, just hold your elements. If you need elements, if you don't have the elements, just raise your hand wherever you're at, um, and the ushers will come through. Just hold your hand up until you get the elements. The ushers will come through, and, and we'll, we'll give you one of these little guys. Um, but as we prepare our hearts for communion, and as the band plays the song, um, I want to encourage us as a church to do business with God. There are some of us here today who have never been connected or actually are feeling disconnected from Jesus, the source of life. There are some of us today who, who actually need to, to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to your invitation. I want to be connected to you. I want to experience the life and the love and the power and the freedom that you have for us today.
So there's some of you here that, that aren't connected or feeling disconnected. There are some of us here today that are feeling empty and just need to be filled with the Spirit. I want to encourage you as, 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 as we sing this song just to take some time to ask Jesus to fill you today. To fill you with, with life and life to the full. And lastly, some of us are here ready to live out of the overflow. Some of us are, are longing, God, I, I, I want more. I, I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for you. I want to live out of the overflow. And so, so I want to encourage you to take some time uh, as we're preparing our hearts to lay down anything that would interfere with that. that anything that would interfere with, with you living out of the overflow. And then I also want to encourage you, um, as we're preparing our hearts, just to ask God to bring to mind the three to five people who you can start praying for, um, that God would give you opportunity to, to let his love and life overflow into their lives um, so that they could be impacted for the kingdom of God. So I want to give us an opportunity. Um, there's some of you here in the first category that um, either are not connected yet to the source or feel disconnected from the source. I want to give us an opportunity to respond to the Lord and get reconnected. Um, so if you would, with every head bowed and eyes closed, um, we're going to take a moment. Um, if you're here this morning and you feel like you are disconnected from Jesus, the source of life and love and freedom and forgiveness, And you want to get connected to him. The one who let go of his life, shed his blood on the cross to forgive us of our sins, who rose victoriously from the grave, conquered sin and death so that you and I could live. If you want to surrender your life to him and get reconnected or get connected to the source of life, what I want you to do right now is just look up at me and, and raise a hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. I see you. And you in the back. Anyone else? Anyone else want to get connected to the source, connected to Jesus? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. And you. And you in the back, I see you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? God, thank you for your life and your power and your love. Thank you, God, for forgiveness and freedom. Thank you, God, that you love us so much that you pursued us with your love so that we could experience life to the full in you. Thank you that, God, you made a way for us to be connected to you, the source of all life. Jesus, you're so good. Thank you for these lives that have surrendered to you. Amen. As we take communion right now, in Matthew chapter 26, Says this, verse 26, as they were eating, 
Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. Let's take the bread. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Let's take the cup. I just want to point out that as we're dealing with our little cups, it sounds like there's water flowing through this room. So Jesus, we thank you for the fact that you have connected us to the source, that you are the source of life. Jesus, would you fill us up? Fill us with your spirit, God. Fill us with life and love and power, God. God, would you fill us up so that we can overflow and impact this world that we live in for your glory. Thank you, God, for making a way. Y'all, we're going to sing um, the rest of the song. And as we sing um, this, this bridge, let's stand together. Um, and we're just going to declare to the Lord that we're going to give him our all. We're giving him everything. All right?
Y'all, we get to be connected to the giver of life. Isn't that awesome? He gets to fill us up, and he's called each and every one of us to live out of the overflow of that power and that life and that love. We get to impact the world that we live in. You all are on assignment. We get to do it together, amen? So if you want to actually be a part of people who are diving deep and who are going after the heart of God, um, there's a group of people um, that are living out of the overflow that pray every Wednesday morning in the chapel. 6.30 in the morning? Yes. Oh, dark 30. Um, and uh, um, we'd love for anyone who's interested to join um, that crew and just pray and press into the heart of God um, so that we can encourage each other and really live out of the overflow. Um, so I'm going to just ask that you just open up your hands. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, read a scripture that's a blessing over you, and, um, and then we'll head out. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Y'all, God bless you guys. If you responded to the Lord and need prayer, or need prayer, feel free to come up to the front. We'd love to pray for you and pray with you. Go and live out of the overflow.